It's always good to be here. This is family for us, and it's good to be back and to be able to share with you. I'm going through a little nostalgia this morning, because, uh, so give me just a minute to reminisce here. It was 30 years ago, last week, 30 years ago, that our two boys, Aaron and Silas, ages three and one, at that time, and Joan and I were sent out by Forest Grove uh, as missionaries to Columbia. And I remember so clearly being in the airport, Saskatoon airport, and saying goodbye. I especially remember Norman Mary Jansen and Elfrida and Walter Taves, and there were others. And it's kind of unbelievable that 30 years ago, uh, 30 years have passed, kind of vanished. But we've got good memories to look back on. And now there are new friends uh, that have been added from Forest Grove over the years to partner with us in Colombia and in Mexico. And I want you to know that if it wasn't for Forest Grove, I think I can say this with a lot of certainty, that if it wasn't for Forest Grove and you're partnering with us, that there would be no Matthew Training Center and there would be no training program, and I even doubt if Joan and I would still be in missions today. You have played that much of a significant role in our lives, and we want to thank you and bless you for that. You are the epitome of partnering with missionaries, and so we bless you for that, and it's with great joy that we're here to be able to share with you. Joan was planning on sharing this morning as well. She's very generous and has now given me the whole time here. Hopefully she'll get her voice back soon. Um, But I want to share with you uh, rather quickly uh, one main thought coming out of the book of Ephesians. Chapter 1, verse 10 is the main verse I'm going to focus on. I've been reading and studying in the book of Ephesians for quite some time. And it just impresses me over and over again the role and centrality of Jesus. His magnitude, the preeminence, his power, his presence. He is everything in everything. And this verse really stands out. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Another version says, God will then bring together all things in heaven and on earth under or in Christ. All things in the cosmos will be gathered together in Christ, who is the final focal point of this process. So think with me on the role of Jesus in this universe. As we read Colossians 1, 15 to 20, <clears throat> powerful passage on who Jesus is. So uh, just reflect on the power of Jesus and his presence in our lives here. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, 
and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. That is an incredible concept. God, if we can imagine in all his fullness, I don't think we can even come close to understanding what that is. And yet he says, that is Jesus. He lived in Jesus. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. One final verse I'll read that won't be up on your screen. Romans eleven thirty six. For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. God couldn't say everything he had to say in a book. So God became a human person. The Word made flesh. Jesus is what God has to say. I pray that God would deliver us from our own idea, concept, perception, and illusion of a small Christ. And give us revelation into the supremacy, the magnitude, the power of Jesus Christ. Because there is nothing small about Jesus. We take Jesus away and we have nothing in this world. It is impossible to plumb the depths of this image of universal ingathering in Christ. There is not a single part of the cosmos beyond the loving and renewing reach of our Creator Jesus. Again, going back to Ephesians 1.10, God will then bring together all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. This ingathering of everything is not a one-time event in the future, much less is it something that only occurred in the past. Rather, Ephesians is encouraging us as readers to pay attention to the present time in which they and us are living. And they call it the, the fullness of time. And it's here now. This ingathering is happening right now in Jesus. It is not a gathering under several different heads as if all roads will lead to it, as some popular beliefs espouse. No. God is on a mission, and this very day is bringing all things in heaven and on earth, invisible and visible, spiritual and material, people from every nation, tribe, and tongue under one head, under one Savior, under one ruler, under one Lord, Jesus Christ. And to be a part of this total reconciliation, everything coming under Jesus' rule, and to be a part of this kingdom revolution and overthrow of the earthly, worldly rule led by the enemy of lies, Satan himself, to a new social and spiritual order characterized by peace, by justice, and led by the Lamb of God, Jesus himself, to the fullness of the kingdom of God on earth, to be a part of this total coming together of everything under Jesus, you first need to have Jesus as your one and only Savior and Lord in your life. For which Paul prays, love his prayers in, in Ephesians. And this one in chapter 1, for, uh, he says that we would have the Spirit 
of wisdom and revelation to know Jesus better. In a day and age when people so easily dismiss the centrality and exclusiveness of Jesus in exchange for being politically correct and tolerant to other would-be gods or prophets, we need to hear what Paul is saying to us here in Ephesians about Jesus. He leaves no room to question that, that he was raised from the dead, something no other prophet or God has claimed with the evidence that Jesus provides, and is seated at God's right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, not even close, far above all rule and authority, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. These are the final verses in chapter 1. And God placed all things under his feet, all things, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. It's almost redundant. Well, it is. But he's making a very solid point. There is no other ruler, no other savior, no other Lord than Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So how do we know that Jesus is our Lord to be a part of this ingathering? Paul continues to write in Ephesians. One of the signs we will pass from being dead in our sins to being made alive. It should be highly recognizable, the difference between someone dead and someone alive. And that's the criteria he gives. Joan was going to share about an Iraqi girl that she met in Turkey. I'll talk about her a little bit. But who recognized in the mission of people that was with Joan that there was life there. There was something different about this group than that she had ever experienced before. Jesus will be our peace, another sign, bringing reconciliation to anyone who comes to God through the cross. This is a picture of the ingathering of Ephesians 1 being fulfilled. People coming together under one ruler, Jesus, forming a totally new uh, family. And Paul calls it a new man. I find it interesting that this new man is a combination of Jews and Gentiles. And today we are seeing that new man being formed out of former Muslims and Christians and many other ethnic groups to form a new man, a new person, a new creation, a new part of the body. All having access to the same Father by one Spirit. As a result of being saved, being made alive in Jesus through the forgiveness of our sins, I think it is impossible to not be transformed into a different person. A new creation, which is what Paul refers to when he challenges us to live a life worthy of the calling we have been called, or that we have received, to be completely humble and gentle in love. In part, this is our focus at the Matthew Training Center in Mexico, helping people to know Jesus better, to establish patterns and habits that would result in living lives worthy of their calling and to help them engage in loving God and their neighbor, and to go and make disciples of all nations. We're going to make a little switch here, a transition, and so we're going to watch a four-minute video of some testimonies, three people that were in our Adime training group this past year, from January to July. We had 10 students from six different countries, 
And this video will highlight Carlos from Peru, who is going back after he spends the rest of the year with us in Mexico in an internship. He's going back to be the pastor of a church in Trujillo, where Liana Penner is. And Claudia from Colombia will share, and Rogelio from Guadalajara. And then I'll come and share a bit more of a few other stories. So we'll watch the video. It's, it's in English subtitles. So um, you'll have to be like the 90% of the world that has to watch movies made from United States and English in subtitles. So enjoy. Watch and read quickly. It's our joy and challenge to train young people and young adults to uh, go out to the nations. And this was a, a very interesting group and diverse group from six different countries. Uh, we'll be doing it all over again starting in January. If there's anybody here that's interested in uh, doing a six-month or a one-year program, we would be open to conversation to invite you and come down and learn Spanish and join a group to uh, learn what it is to follow Jesus and also um, get prepared to go out to the nations. This is where Joan was supposed to come up and talk about uh, three people, and so I'm going to pretend I'm Joan and read what she wrote. So uh, we want to talk about uh, Jasmine. She grew up in southern Mexico. She came to Guadalajara several years ago to study medicine. She became a Christian in Guadalajara, in one of our churches. After she graduated as a medical doctor, she did the Adime discipleship training at Matthew Training Center three years ago. God had already moved, this is what she says in her testimony, God had already moved my heart towards missions, but I was not 100% sure. During the five months of Adime, God confirmed during my devotional times that I was going in the right direction in asking for confirmation of my calling. Our experiences in an indigenous community, while difficult, also confirmed that God would be with me wherever he sent me. The growth in my relationship with God not only helped me to be right with him, but to get along with others. At this time, I still have my silent times with God and let him talk to me. A year later, I find myself serving full-time in missions called El Coli, planting a church. They've started a, a small school. They're running a kids' program. They're discipling uh, women, uh, her and another girl that was also in Adime with us. This community is submerged in poverty, illiteracy, violence, drug abuse, and dysfunctional family environment, where what keeps me strong is the assurance that God has called me to this place and that he is with me. Um, we continue to build into her life. She is in process with us, uh, looking to use her medical career in full-time missions somewhere probably outside of Guadalajara. Jessica is a lively young 22-year-old woman who started following Jesus uh, about the same time as Jasmine, became a Christian in the same church along with her parents five years ago. Very soon after, she felt drawn to cross-cultural missions. She dreams about India. A few years ago, she lived in community with students and Trevor and I, Joan, at MTC, and did the five months of Adime missions training. There, her call to missions grew stronger, and so she has spent the last three years studying physiotherapy in preparation for working cross-culturally. 
A few months ago, I felt God inviting Jessica and I to participate in a program in Turkey called Building Leaders for Peace. When I talked to Jessica about it, she immediately responded with a yes and never wavered about going, even when the news of escalating violence and unrest in Turkey threatened to stop the Building Leaders for Peace program. After her parents prayed much about Jessica going, their response was this, we feel fear about letting her go, but we are more afraid of saying no to God's will for Jessica. We both spent 16 days in Turkey. Um, This program brought together about 50 Turks and Syrians, uh, some Iraqis and uh, Turkish Kurds, all of them from a Muslim background. and they spent a week together with Joan and her team of about 25 people. And they had different themes each day. Forgiveness, uh, peace and reconciliation. And they didn't teach them. They just brought the theme together and they dialogued together. Jessica looked so much like the Syrians or Kurdish Turks that she was instantly accepted by them, and they wanted to know all about her Mexican culture. During our time there, Jessica told me that it was so beautiful to see the different ways in which people showed interest in Jesus, asking her, why do you believe in Jesus? Or, who is Jesus to you? And she had freedom to answer those questions and believes that God himself is preparing their hearts to know his Son. Sending out Latin American workers to other nations is still in its beginning stages in Mexico, at least among our Mennonite Brethren churches. So Jessica, in one way, is probably paving the way, and her parents are setting in a new example for others who also need to release their children to fulfill the Great Commission and be obedient to Jesus. We are really excited about Jessica and Jasmine and many others that have felt God's call to take them out to the nations. One final story comes from uh, a lady or a girl. I'm just going to say her name is S. She's only 18 years old. Came to this Building Leaders for Peace program in southern Turkey, close to the Syrian border, with her mother and her sister. They are Iraqi Kurds who fled to Syria in 2007 from the war. And then when their home in Syria was bombed, they fled to Turkey in 2014. This girl, S, speaks five languages and seven Arabic dialects. All week at the camp, and she speaks fluent English, all week at the camp, she would go from person to person asking the same questions about Jesus. Then she would tell us why her religion was the right one. As the days of the camp went by, she seemed more troubled and more guarded in her interaction with people. Finally, the last night, she stood alone on the beach, looking out to the sea. And one of the Canadian girls went and stood beside her and simply said, I like you, and said her name. You are a wonderful person, created by a loving God. With tears in her eyes, S shook her head and said, All week long, I tried to trap you foreigners in your answers about Jesus. She was asking the same questions and was looking for inconsistencies. 
I tried to find inconsistencies in you, but all I can see is love. I heard the same message over and over. Jesus loves me. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. She then did what many are doing over there these days. She asked for, secretly for a Bible, and she said this, The next time we see each other, I think one of us will have changed religions. The next morning, when she and her mom and sister left the house, Joan said, I hugged her, and I said, I will pray that nothing will stop you from finding the truth. She replied, I will keep searching. My search may take me back to my religion, but it may not. I just want to know for sure. Please pray for S. And for many others, as Jesus is gathering them together. And as Jesus gathers us together to go out to the nations, to be light, to be alive, to be a witness to these people who are looking for truth. Isn't it incredible that we have a role in the cosmic scheme of God? to live as transformed, renewed people to draw others to Jesus, to be a part of this in-gathering, to be able to help disciple and train people to go to the nations, to live among them as renewed, truly alive people of God, to be a light to the nations. I want to invite the worship team to come up. Uh, You have that opportunity right here more than ever in Saskatoon to be that light to the nations. And I think you know what I'm talking about. In closing, I want to bring you one final verse from Ephesians 3.12 that brings us back to the centrality and role of Jesus for each of us. It says, In Him and through Him, no, sorry, in Him and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence in Jesus. We need to bring Jesus to the nations. Jesus did not come to choose sides. He came to take over.